0: I am someone I say yes when I should say no, and it makes my life all junked up.
1: Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. The word boundaries, it conjures up a lot of different images and, at times, some confusion. What is being appropriate? What's being a true Christian? And being, let's say, a burden bearer and caring and loving for others and doing that without feeling like, ah, I'm being taken advantage of, I feel obligated. Hmm, are you a yes person? Where you're yes to this and yes to that? I remember early on as a counselor in the field really enjoying and feeling fulfilled and helping others. I have my calling. This is wonderful. And then I began to develop the helper's disease. And I would say yes. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, I know it's going to be seven o'clock on a Friday night. Yes, I can see you. And you just begin to say yes to everything. And after a while, you begin the process of a major life crash because you had the yes disease. You said yes to everything. It was all really good, but you couldn't maintain it. And at some point you crossed a line and you were no longer healthy. In the studio today with me is Sam Kelly.
0: Thank you. It's, it, this is an important show. I, I'm probably someone who does that. I think a lot of my girlfriends are. So the helper disease, Yes, it, it, it seems I, like it would be a beautiful thing to have a heart where you want to take care of others and that it feeds your soul.
1: And Sam, we want to have that good part of what god has given us and be of help and there are some people who are just they're born helpers Mm -hmm. but without appropriate boundaries or self-care we can cross the line and turn into something that is called a codependent Mm. that's a funny word isn't it yeah it
0: it sounds kind of official
1: it does and and codependency is a word that's maybe been overused and it kind of fits in that category of psychobabble right (laughs) Yeah. well i'm a codependent right (laughs) what does that mean and it gets confusing Here's another way to look at that. If I find that my happiness, my self-esteem is totally dependent upon making you happy and I am taking on your happiness or unhappiness, I'm stepping over a line that could be called codependent. There's another line I can step over. Another word for it is dependent personality. And that dependent personality is the person that they absolutely, you could see it as a relationship addiction, and sometimes we start off with really good intent. Well, I want to be a helper and yes, I want to help. And maybe you're like some folks I've worked with where you've volunteered for most everything. Maybe you're a mom. Yeah. You're helping out everything you possibly can at school and then there's church and you're helping out there and then there's the neighbors and the, and then and the list goes on and right, on. Right. Right. And boy you you are beyond a helper. It goes
0: too far. Can, do you mind? Because a little okay. earlier you were talking about something in in how when you. First started out as a counselor. Yes. How you, this show is kind of about boundaries and how if someone called it seven at night, you you were good with that. You could do it because you just so much wanted to help. How did that play out? What happened to you? Can you share a little bit about that story? Yes,
1: yes. And I'm using myself as a beginning example today. It's
0: good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. It was the year of 1989. And I had really developed what we called a whole person approach to dealing with eating disorders. And the eating disorders, we were having good success with. When I say eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, binge eating. Mm -hmm. And it was something that we were doing very well with. And so, having that sense of accomplishment and success, and really, really being passionate about it. So, if somebody called and said, "I need help," and you look at your schedule and go, "Well, you know, it looks like I can see you Sunday afternoon." Oh. So, and I stepped into overhelping, but with good intention, right? And I want to just say, most of those individuals who this applies to today, it's with good intention. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. really do care. No you cross a line where later you resent it and you and you begin to feel super drained with people so i became very shall we say physically exhausted emotionally exhausted depleted my own self care suffered and then you reach a point of beyond burnout and really that's that's depression that i'm describing So this helper's disease, this saying yes to everything, even with good intent, can take you down a path where you're no longer caring for yourself and then you can no longer properly care for others and you may end up really resenting it.
0: Specifically, what kinds of things did you go through when you say you weren't caring for yourself? What kinds of things happened?
1: Well, I, at that time, I used to... Do a lot of, I was a runner. I used to do so many runs, always run, doing runs yeah, and signing yeah. up for events. And well, there was no time. It became, well, I have to see this person and I have to do this. This is what I'm supposed to do. And then you began to be short on nutrition. You know, you're either skipping meals or, then you're having you're doing the same thing that maybe some of your clients are doing you know you're at the end of the day you go wow i haven't eaten all day that half gallon of ice cream looks pretty good wow. so yes. you lose the self-care and then there's the spiritual side You go um well and I, I know i don't really have the time to do devotions today god will understand and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it goes on and onward then god seems far away
0: And can you describe also just like uh, emotionally what that was like? Because you mentioned feeling sort of fed up or feeling irritated or, you know, what is the, what's the symptom emotionally and what did you go through?
1: I went through, and the way I would describe it, it, Sam, is burnout. And burnout means I went as far as I could, but now I'm not functioning very well. It's affecting me physically. So that would mean everything from uh, physical symptoms, digestion, you know, is off, Your sleep is off. And boy, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm burned out and maybe you find yourself anxious. And so you're waking up throughout the night. You may develop even panic attacks. Your heart is racing and you're wondering what's going on. A lot of times when people are at a stage of burnout, they just keep going. We all go, okay, I'm burned out, but I'm going to, I got to keep going. I've got a family to feed or you, you know, you rationalize the behavior and you keep going. But then one day you cross a line and that burnout turned into total exhaustion. I remember a gentleman in my office, and I had, I could really relate because I was at that point. He said, Dr. Chance, it takes energy just to breathe. Okay, that's beyond burnout. Mm. You are so fatigued emotionally and physically. It's like, ah, oh, just taking a breath. Is, that takes energy.
0: If you just joined in on Life, Love, and Family, we are talking about boundaries. If you feel like someone who doesn't have them, life can feel really helpless and sometimes hopeless. And we want to encourage you, if you need to reach out and get a little help, with your life, the center is a place of hope. You can call them anytime at 888
1: I did it all. I have managed to burn myself out and put myself in exhaustion and feel that sense of total depletion. Truly for me, it probably took a year to feel better physically. I mean, really to get back up and feel good and my sleep restored and really to have that energy come back. You probably notice as we get into burnout in relationships because we've done too much, we went too far. And I do want to say there's, for all of us, there is that person that you will do any, any, anything for. Yeah. And you'll violate all your personal boundaries and cross all, all those lines. And you know you're doing it, but you go, ah. I've got to do it, and it's for this person. This person knows how to trigger anything and everything in you that pushes you along to do anything for them. Usually, that ends up not helping. Mm-hmm. Let, let me say that again. Mm-hmm. That ends up pretty clearly not helping.
0: Um, Can can you give an example of that? Are we talking husband-wife? Are we talking mother-child? It
1: could be any combination. Let's look at a husband-wife to start with. It could be a situation where I'm going to use the word dependent personality. Let's say that the wife only feels happy if her husband's happy. Now, right. we want our spouse to be happy. Yes, yes. <laughs> Of course. Right. But her total happiness is based upon over-serving, overextending, and going to a point where she is so anxious because she has to make him happy or she feels horrible about herself. Mm-hmm. And here's how it works. And I've had situations like this. So here it goes. There's been situations where she will not only lay out all the clothes the night before, but everything is ironed perfectly, including the socks, wow. and everything is, quote, perfect. And uh, the breakfast wow. is always beyond perfect. Anything and the most of the day is spent around serving. Now, let's just also say she has a full-time job as well. Right. But she feels that her responsibility is to make him totally happy. Now, that will work up to a certain point. It's like, wow, we, we all like to be treated nice. So sure, nicely, yeah. But, but at some point... That's no longer a positive for him.
0: Why? What happened? Because
1: he ends up feeling controlled and probably mothered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this system of being a codependent will eventually backfire.
0: And it's hard probably to (laughs) break it if that is your habit too.
1: And then you try harder. You go, okay, if I just do this more, he's going to be happy. Wow. And then I keep trying other things to make him happy. Wow. So our eyes and our focus is just on that other person. And what we're doing, we are crossing all appropriate boundaries. Now a boundary is that point that separates me from you and it keeps things healthy. If you don't have good work Place boundaries, and let's say in opposite sex boundaries, you begin to cross over, and maybe in thought, maybe it's an emotional affair, or you begin to spend too much time with another person that's probably not going to be a good outcome or healthy. And so, boundaries apply in the workplace; they apply at home, and with our kids. There's a term called helicopter parenting. Yes, it's the parent that's got to control everything, and. Take all the natural consequences away from a kid.
0: That's interesting because as you're using the word control and boundaries, I think probably many of us think, oh, when you lay down a boundary, you're laying down control, but it's not. You also mentioned the word consequences. Can you talk more about those?
1: So I want to save the other person from all pain or discomfort. Right. So if I'm a parent, I jump in so that there won't be a consequence and my kid won't feel any pain And I will rescue every situation and my kid never learns. And as they get older, I wonder what is wrong with them. (laughs) Or I feel like I failed and I continue this pattern and I keep trying harder and harder. You can apply that in, in the workplace. You can apply it with a spouse. Okay, if I only try harder, if I only do more, it'll make everything okay.
0: You have a note here from Rita. She says, I find the boundary issue most tested when it comes to my mom. She's disabled. She really does need help. And most of the time, I'm really glad to give it because I'm her only child. She doesn't have a lot of money. She can't really hire other people. So she's calling me a lot. I have three kids and a husband who also needs me. I'm feeling more and more torn and I'm kind of angry. How do I refuse when she really needs it?
1: And it's not a matter of refusing, but it's a matter of probably getting some other help besides you. So when we're in these situations, we want to share some responsibility. Now, the other person may not like that and they think, oh, you're the only one that can help right, me. Right. And, and you may get some resistance, but we've got to begin some shared responsibility and get somebody else in, in on that. One of the things that you may notice is there's a sense of this feeling over obligated and you have lots of just guilt. If I don't do this, I feel guilty. And that's called false guilt.
0: But it's very real. I mean, (laughs) obviously, if you've been serving someone and suddenly you're not, and they yes. give you the, the look or the statement and you feel there must be something wrong with me as a daughter or as a wife. Mm. How do you deal with that guilt that is a very real feeling?
1: Okay, well, here's how we're going to deal with that. First of all, we need to have a real clear sense of what's the truth. And the truth is I have served. I'm going to continue to serve. There are limitations to that and that's healthy. And I'm going to make sure that there are all the bases covered and we're going to do this more as a team. That's a healthy approach.
0: I want to mention the name of a book. Don't oh, Call It yes. Love, which sounds like it's about dating. And in some parts of it are. I've read it. I love it. But it's it's also about this over-serving personality, this helping syndrome. And there are a lot of answers in that book. We've got it on our website at aplaceofhope.com. Could you talk about, now you mentioned it took you about a year to recover after you suffered from burnout yes. and, and overserving. What was the path for recovery? What did you start doing physically? What was your regime? How did you get healthy again?
1: We need to put boundaries around our time. Mm -hmm. And one boundary was, okay, this is when I do, let's say, exercise. This is when I do devotions. So you put boundaries around time so you can protect your own self-care. So you're going to create a plan for self-care. That means sleep hygiene. That means I'm going to keep myself healthy because I want to be around for the long run. I want to keep my passion up about this. And I want to be around to really continue to help. But I have to be healthy myself. So where and how are you going to find yourself in a plan that nurtures you? Where's your spiritual development? And important piece, you've got to have accountability. So, if I'm a yes person and I'm falling into codependency, where's my accountability? Who's talking and speaking into my life to help me keep myself healthy?
0: And did you have a, a counselor or good friends? It could be. Well, and I think too, people.
1: also a mentor. Yes. And a person who you've committed to meeting with. And you know, here's the requirement that this person is going to speak truth to you.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they may have to say, you know what? This is hard to say, but here's what I see, because I really love and care about you.
0: Today on Life, Love, and Family, boundaries, what are they? And how do you know if you need to set some up? We can help you out at the center place of hope. If you feel a little bit lost in this area, 888
1: Sam, there is something that is called a dependent personality disorder. <laughs> Doesn't sound like fun, does it? Oh, dependent personality traits. And I want to share a few of these today. They're important to understand because if I have been over-serving And by the way, God does want us to use all of our gifts and our talents, and we want to help others, and we all are gifted differently, and God has put into our heart different callings. Yes. I believe we're all called. They're they're different callings, but he's put them into us, and uh, some of us have maybe a gift that leans towards the gift of helps. And you may have overstepped that and find yourself in a predicament that is unhealthy.
0: And in, you know because of the, the symptoms you're talking about, the, the lack of sleep, you're yes. not taking care of yourself. Is there a difference between being codependent and a dependent personality trait i mean is that a okay is, are so they two different things
1: if i live in this world of codependent overserving, and my i only feel good about myself if i'm making you happy right, right? after a while you begin to develop some of these traits which we'll call dependent personality so it takes it traits. even further this is a st- step a okay. few steps beyond okay and one is i have difficulty just making everyday decisions simple things. What do I wear because I'm worried about pleasing somebody? What do I eat? The simple decisions become very difficult. It's like the gal who told me she was in the store trying to make a decision about a loaf of bread, right? Mm -hmm. Afraid that she was going to make the wrong decision about a loaf of bread and she's been buying bread for a long time.
0: It's just gone too far. (laughs)
1: Right. So a simple decision, I'm now doubting myself and I feel paralyzed. I can't make these decisions
0: and it comes on you all of a sudden well over
1: time you go you go i i'm having more and more difficulty making decisions i feel more and more anxious so people with a dependent personality they tend to really distrust their ability to make any decisions ultimately
0: And that means when it's gone too far. What else? Is there something else that
1: you would notice? There's a few of these. And I talk about this because it's so important in the book, Don't Call It Love, the book I did with Dr. Tim Clinton. Do you have difficulty just having a different opinion or disagreeing with others because you're so afraid of their disapproval? So this leads you, Sam, not to really share your opinion. Somebody says, how do you feel about that? You go, "Mm, well, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's exactly how I feel. So mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. You, you just absorb and feel like they do, even if you don't. So you end up not having any opinions or not having any feelings.
0: You don't have any feelings or have you just pent everything up?
1: Well, you've passed them on. They're gone. And after a while, a true dependent personality, if I ask you, well, how do you really feel about, and I fill in the blank, about something, you get stumped. You go, I don't know. Wow. I, I don't really know how I feel because you've relied upon others so long to tell you how to feel.
0: You know what that reminds me of is when yes. a mom, you know, who's serving kids for so long and their schedule becomes your schedule and their food becomes your food. And at a certain time when you finally have a moment and, and someone goes, what do you want to do? You finally have time and you go, I don't know. I don't know because I spend so much time yes. doing this other thing that I totally forgot. I don't, e- I haven't even asked myself. Huh. The question I guess I have is, is it possible to recover from that? Do you, Can you come back and reclaim your personality? And, and, and it's still there. It's not gone forever.
1: Yes. We're going to have to break through that's one of the real reasons we wrote this book we're gonna to have to break through those fears it's the lady who's the gal at the store and she's she's buying some new clothes and uh the clerk says well you look good in that how do you how do you like it and you can't think about how you like it or how you feel about it because you're wondering is he gonna like it so you're not making a decision about things based upon what you really like now we want to please other people to a degree, right? But it's totally based upon what you think somebody else is going to think.
0: Can you talk about the process of going through this book? Because I know you design your books so that they're kind of interactive. And if someone picks this up, don't call it love, and they yes. start, you feel like, ah, I might have that. What what they're talking about? What's the process of going through it and doing the work? Sure.
1: As we look at making changes, it takes some real effort because the fear is going to stop you. So we address a lot of, well, how do I have healthy relationship? How do I get out of this relationship cycle that's so unhealthy? Because it seems so scary. We have to do it through through baby steps. So at the end of each chapter, here's some baby steps, some things. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to answer these questions. And then I may need to have somebody come alongside me and, and help me. I may have to ask others what they see. This is a point where at times yes do i need some professional counseling i'd say sometimes but having that could really speed up the process for yeah, you yeah yeah yes and you may have begun to discover a lot of things in your life you go oh, okay i get why i'm this way i was emotionally abused i never had any positive opinion of myself and so you easily fell into relationships that were codependent because if i could only make somebody else happy everything will be okay
0: so you see where it comes from But that doesn't necessarily help you solve it, the the getting out of that. Because I imagine it's a habit like anything else. And that even if someone sort of learns the new behaviors occasionally under stress or when when do the old behaviors come back or pop their heads
1: up? Well, the old behaviors come back usually under times of stress or we start to change and others don't want us to change or they're threatened by it. They may say things to you. Well, you've always been the one to, you know, make all the food. What? What? You're not doing that now? Right. Well, you've always been the one. Right. (laughs) Because you're changing. They don't know what to do about it.
0: It is. And it's hard, too. I know we were talking um, with one of our friends before the show, Donna, and she's got older kids. And she was saying at a certain point when you've already set up these habits and they're older kids, how do you change? That's right. So that your household rules are different. It, It seems almost impossible.
1: Yes, It's not impossible. It's going to take some time and it's going to stretch you. To have healthy relationships is going to take some work, but you won't regret it. Mm. You'll be so glad you did. And one of the things you need to figure out is, because if I'm a dependent personality, I tend to put all the needs of others above my own needs. And I got to figure out what are my own needs? What do I like? What do I dislike? What are my needs? What's the uniqueness that God created me? What am I called to do? And so sometimes I need somebody to give me some feedback because I've become so blinded to myself.
0: That would be a relief, too. As you make your list, how many should someone expect? Three things, five things, 10 things? What are you, when you're writing down your list of what do I need? Is it specific or is it just kind of broad stroke? Well,
1: it's going to be a, a process of discovery here. Uh huh. So you're going to figure out, well, I need to feel okay about myself and have a sense of purpose, and I need to know that I'm loved. A true codependent. Dependent personality is a person that doesn't feel love. And you don't feel love by, by God. If, if I mm. can only do these things, then I'm going to be okay. Then I'm going to be lovable.
0: That seems like that's a hard one because if one of my needs is to feel loved, yes. I can't make someone love me. How do you feel loved?
1: No, I can't make somebody love me. Sometimes it changes our relationships. For example, well, maybe I'm looking for, you heard it, looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm relying on a relationship that I, I'm not going to really feel that sense of approval or that love. It's not necessarily the healthiest relationship. I may de- be developing some new friends, by the way.
0: You're changing who you <laughs> hang out with. You,
1: you may have mm. to. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Dan, asking you a question about being a christian he says i think boundaries it's kind of outside of christian love because aren't we supposed to die to self and he said i i know we can't say yes to everything but a lot of times people who have strong boundaries are just kind of being selfish and it makes me irritated at them how would i change my okay. mind on that what am i missing
1: when we discover what boundaries are we may swing way over to the other side and we've we're practicing saying no but maybe we're come across as rude and uncaring because now we're practicing some new skills and it's just gone a little far over and so there is an adjustment period. You'll probably notice when a person they're like changing or maybe they've been in counseling and all, all of a sudden you're going what is going on with them? <laughs> yeah. A true boundary is one that feels respectful. I'm respecting the other person mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm being truthful. I'm not being abrupt or rude when I'm practicing these things and getting healthy. So You've got to respect the other person, and there is a practice of this.
0: Today on Life, Love, and Family, Boundaries, what are they? And how do you know if you need to set some up? We can help you out at the center place of hope. If you feel a little bit lost in this area, 888
1: Sam, we all want to have a healthy relationship with a spouse, with our friends. But maybe we didn't have good relationship mentors. But we all, if you say, well, would you like to have a happy wife or a happy spouse? I mean, it's an automatic. Yes, I would, of course. Yeah. But we could be doing some things or have learned some unhealthy ways of doing some things that contribute to this unhealth.
0: Yeah, and and earlier when you were talking about how you make the changes and that sometimes when you make the changes, it's kind of abrupt for the people in your life. I was wondering, how do you, if you recognize I am that person, how do you
1: start? It's pretty scary because if I really recognize this is my pattern, this is who I've become, you can feel Pretty hopeless because you can feel like I've ruined everything. Yeah. And you you will tend to focus on everything you did wrong. You'll tend to focus on the past and you'll tend to focus on everything that's wrong with you, and that you'll, you're never going to change. Mm. That's what most people go through mm-hmm. when they, oh, okay, this is who I am. You're kidding me. You're okay. kidding me. I'm ruined. <laughs> yeah, it's very
0: real. Mm-hmm. What do you do instead? So those you the past, what I did wrong. It's hopeless. What instead am I'm I looking at sure, here? Sure,
1: I may not believe I can change. I don't see how it's even possible, but I'm willing And here's the key word, I am willing to do something differently. I am willing to get some help because I will really, really regret it if I don't. Once I become aware, I have a responsibility to take the next step, which is some kind of action.
0: It's a powerful thought that you're not stuck where you yes. are. And I think that's what this whole show has been about, is that if you feel like, yeah, I've got that helper's disease, I am someone I say yes when I should say no, and it makes my life all junked up, and, and then I, there's nothing left for me. You're not stuck with that. Would you be willing to pray for people yes. who have been in this kind of trap in, in their lives and they've lost themselves, and just help them?
1: Lord God, there are those who have lost themselves out of all good intent out of a place of of need and wanting to have significance lord you are the one that gives significance and we want to call upon you this day to work in the lives of those who've heard our voices today and this is spoken into them and you're they're at a point where they need that next step the next step of hope may this be a day of action where we begin to break unhealthy relationship patterns and truly understand and walk in what boundaries are intended to be, and that's healthy relationships, Lord. And that comes from you, you're our model. We rest in you this day, and we have hope. Life,
0: love, and family. Dan was so depressed, all he could do was lay in bed. He tried all different kinds of therapy, programs, medications. Nothing worked. But his wife says as soon as she saw the website aplaceofhope.com, she knew that that was going to be the key to her husband's healing. And it was. aplaceofhope.com They don't just treat depression. They treat the whole person. If you've tried everything and you or someone you love needs help with depression, call 888- 771-5166 or find out more. aplaceofhope.com com.